Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Bonnie Evangelista, co-owner of the Urban Microwinery Woodland Press Winery with her husband, Andrew. And although they're a small operation, oh, they make up for it in flavor. I love this. Bonnie, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, so, so welcome. Can you expand a bit more on, you know, where are you today with your business and who is it that you love to be producing wines for? Okay. So we have been in business for four years. We opened our doors uh, July, 2019. So this is right before pandemic. Uh, Probably not the best time to start a business, but, you know, nobody knew what was happening Mm. at the time. So we rolled with the punches We've now been in business for thankfully four years and we're going on strong. We operate what we call an urban microwinery. That might be a new term to some people, but all it it's very akin to craft breweries. We're small operation, independently owned, making our own flavors and blends. It's all the same concepts. We're just doing it with wine. And we love making wine that just tastes good and people love to drink. So, and that's, that might sound super simple, but when it comes to wine, everyone thinks it's fancy and it, I don't know, there, there's, there's a, a formula or a process that, you know, drink there, there's a right way of drinking wine. And so we're kind of trying to show people like most of human history, people were making wine in their basements and, and we (laughs) follow, and and we actually use the same some of the same techniques that my family did when they were making wine. And, you know, and so we, we were kind of casual about it in the sense that we just, we love bringing flavors to people that maybe they didn't know they liked about wine. So that's our favorite is when we can surprise people uh, about and find something that they just like to drink. And they don't even maybe have to have that thought like, Oh, I'm drinking wine. It's this tastes good. Yeah. I mean, that point, I would sort of focus on that, that the right way to do things. And oh my gosh, in, in yeah, during my career, I've been in Bordeaux during the, the, yeah. the seasons tasting, tasting bottles yeah. that were thousands upon thousands in this, these massive mansions and wineries. Um, then there's the, the, the micros, those doing it themselves and breaking these rules, doing things in a different way, um, disrupting the industry. There's all these different ways of doing it. And, you know, with wine, you say you, you should pair this, this wine with this food. When really it's no, there are no rules. The rule is what, right. what works for you. And if you want a white wine with your steak, you know what? Good luck to you. If that's what works yeah. for you and you enjoy it, wine is about enjoyment, as with most things in 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 life and, and also 
in business. So I wanted to put, pick up on that, the right way to do things. And you've been turning that head thinking there's a, there's a different way. There's a better way. So what, what was it like for you guys as you went through this process of, you know, okay, well, I want to be producing the, the flavors, the wines, the styles that we want yeah. to produce. What was that like? Yeah. I will, I'll start by saying it's been fun. Uh, of course there it, it's been a little bit of an uphill battle because even we're based in the DC metro area. So this area there, I think are a lot of preconceived notions to, you know, what wine is and should be just like you're talking about. But um, so when people will Google like closest winery near me and they come to our place, you know, there's a, a lot of education as to mm -hmm. what we're doing. Some people are open to it and some people are not there. There, we definitely found that in the market where there are a lot of people like their, the, the Bordeaux, right? Like all the, the traditional way that they're, you know, used to or expect from their wines and, and that's fine. Um, and then we've also found the fun part though, that those people who are open to something different, that's where I think we've had uh, the most fun bringing something new to the market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with that, there's there's sort of two aspects I'm hearing there. There is the products that you do, the what you do, how you do it, what you're about, and then there is the the customer. And there are a number of different sort of people out there. Those traditional drinkers, those looking for new. Did you, probably like every business owner ever, go through a phase of I want to help serve everyone. We can help all the old world styles. We can help all the new people coming through. Everyone can you try this. It's different. Or have you found that you've actually refined and narrowed down on no, the, this is our people. This is who really takes to this. What's, what's that journey been like? Yeah, I actually really appreciate that question because uh, that kind of reflection over the last four years has been interesting. When, when we, so we, I am the third in my family to operate a winery, uh, an urban micro winery. So we, we were able to learn from my cousin. She's in Washington, Pennsylvania. Shout out to the Washington winery. And my sister, the Virginia Beach Winery, she is also in Virginia. Um, we we were able to watch and learn from them, and so we kind of thought we understood mm. like what types of wines um, people would be drawn to, and we were we were quite wrong uh, in the very beginning. So we thought people would be more oriented toward the sweet wines. Uh, my area is not, uh, of course, there a lot of people are, but there was a strong demand for the drier whites and reds. So when we first opened, we had eight wines. Four mm. were sweet, I, I believe four or five, I might be wrong, uh, were all sweet. And then there was a couple reds and one white, I believe. Uh, so we quickly, and and if you think about making wine, right, that's a process. You can't just fl it's flip that overnight. So um, it took a lot, like six months to kind of re, or to pivot and reorient and start to deliver wines that are, that appease both palates. And mm -hmm. uh, we now have over 21 wines. I will say, we, I think we were going off of the demand signal from the consumers we were getting. But I think where we found our sweet spot was when Andrew started making what he liked. And it was less about um, of course, we wanted to make wine. Like I said, in the beginning, we, the wine has to taste good. That's the product has to be good. However, um, it was less about, I'm going to try this because, you know, I think customers will react to this. And it was more like, 
I like this and I want to share this. And it was more of an expression of Andrew. And I, and I, I feel like more people responded to that. So more people were willing to try something different that maybe they, you know, they might be a red drinker, but they were willing to try uh, a mead that he had created, you know, that had totally different flavors. So uh, that's kind of where we've landed, where we, we do have some staples, like some, uh, I don't know, classics or uh, things that stay on the shelf all the time. But then there there are either seasonal or limited releases that are really more of like Andrew's creations. Mm. Now we're starting to get into the personality of brands, not just like yeah. there's a gazillion other wineries, micro wineries, micro breweries that there are so many, especially in Michigan. I mean, the Michigan is there's a hub for microbreweries. Uh, Traverse City, all the wineries up there. It's a beautiful yes. sort of area. Um, and doing the same thing doesn't quite really work. It might be safe, but there's something beautiful on finding your area. So the way you said that things magically changed when Andrew started to really step into his his area of genius, what he likes, what he loves doing. That makes Absolutely. A huge difference so yeah i want to pull that into sort of business in general if that's okay with it's where do you find that it's it's tough as a business owner that maybe you're not following that same principle uh, or maybe that that person hasn't sort of cascaded through yet with how you're approaching business how you're marketing what opportunities you see all these things because there's there is so much out there right yeah that's a great point. So, cause every, every element or function of the business, you could argue, where are we not finding that unique expression of us? I mean, marketing specifically, uh, definitely not my wheelhouse or my husband. So we, we have had to lean on or find people to help us with this. Yeah. And I, very much so the line of thinking, especially in the beginning was, well, what is everybody else doing? Like we got to get on social media or we got to have posts and we got to have mm. videos that look like, you know, what other people are doing. And um, probably admittedly in that area, we we are still trying to find our strides in that for that unique expression, for sure. Yeah. Um, definitely. It's it's and the, the trial and error part that I think we're describing, um, I think people get frustrated with it. It's it. Uh, I will say I, I, I tend to have fun with it. Like it's the more time, that's how you find what right looks like, looks like. So I, I kind of like that journey sometimes, even though it can, it causes a ton of frustration and you exert resources and it sucks, but um, I, I like that process. Yeah. And, and one thing you said there, you seeing what, what others are doing, trying to mimic what others are doing. Isn't that exactly mm -hmm where you didn't fail, but you, it took you time to get going until Andrew found, okay, here's what we do. Oh my gosh. And then things became a bit easier. So again, it's the same thing with the marketing, with what are other people doing, what strategies, what platforms, all this stuff. It's like, but it doesn't feel right for me. So where is, maybe not from a business perspective, more of a business owner, where is that frustrating for you? Where is the, where are the challenges for, for you as you kind of navigate sort of these waters? Yeah, it's uh, the, that where you focus your time as a business owner, for me personally, has has been extremely difficult. Andrew is 100% dedicated to the small business. He he does every everything, absolutely everything, from making the wines to operating the tasting room, uh, all the back end paperwork that you know, licensing and uh, 
taxes. Uh, he, I mean, and even when you think about making wine, like there is a little bit of an operational order that has to happen uh, to make sure tanks are filled all the time. Oh. So one's coming out, one's coming in. So like he, not even sure how he manages all of that. And uh, I am kind of assisting with backend, I would say admin or uh, I do bookkeep, bookkeeping and uh, I, I interface a lot for people who do private events and mm. uh, other local events that w- that we host at the winery. Um, and then I, I try to manage like the marketing stuff with wh- whoever our partner is at the time. And so in addition to that, I also have a separate nine to five that is not associated to our business. So, and then we have two kids and uh, that, so again, fo- where, where you focus your time at any, um, any given day is has been a huge challenge i would say for us it's uh i think we learned the last four years how to manage it uh i don't know if we're you know in a place where we're thriving in it but we've definitely learned like where uh how to how to organize our time at least in a way that the business can can function and and do what it needs to do yeah, I mean, there's there's a yeah. lot sort of wrapped up in that. We we can break this apart or talk about yeah. this. There is that that cope versus manage. Are, is yeah. are you managing this to its fullest, or is it like right now we've hit a point where we're just coping? We're just coping with the time. Yeah. You're not full time, so there's a case of you have to be very very mindful. Plus, of course, personal life, kids, family has to come into it as a business owner. Um, and some things, as you said before, take a long time to pivot especially with changing the yeah. wines, like, oh my gosh, it is a, it's like a, it's not a tank that can pivot on a, on a dime. It is like a ship. There's a long turning circle with some yes. things. Other things Absolutely. you can change in a heartbeat. So do you find that sometimes it is more, yeah, we are literally head above, we're coping, we're managing, making sure it's, it's okay, rather than, because we were joking, we are flying, think about all the opportunities that you have with um, the tasting, with um, deliveries, with the local market, there's like, there's so much potential. For you, is it, what's it like to see all that potential, but not quite be able to focus on it just yet? Well, I will say there. I know, I know you're really big on the spiritual or holistic part of being a business owner. And, um, a lot of times we, we are, we try not to get too distracted by the shiny objects in front of us. So we see all these opportunities. Um, and we really, I mentioned this earlier, we really try and feel into what is, what feels right for us. And, um, that, that might, for someone listening, that's like, how do you do that? And I, I can't tell you, like, I know, I know how to do it for me. Um, I don't know how to do it for Andrew or anyone else, but like, that's, that's what we explore. So um, we don't try uh, one thing. I know we don't do, we don't take on too much at one time. Like we are, we are perfectly comfortable, like staying small and and growing small, uh, get, especially given, like I said, all the other areas that in our life that, you know, we want to have in our life. So um that's the approach we've taken where we, we see all the opportunities, we pick one or, or two, right. Whatever feels right for us. And, and we, and we do it or we go for it and just see what happens. And then we pivot. That's just kind of right. Again, us, you know, at not being experts or just trying to dive into it. That's just the approach we've taken. Mm. 
So what's for you? What's the easiest part of your business? What's the thing? It's like, oh, this is this is so so simple. This is so easy. I love this. Uh, I'm going to speak for Andrew on this behalf. Like it is, Andrew has had a natural ease to making wine. Before we opened the winery, he made it at home just as a hobby. Um, my my I mentioned my cousin earlier. She bought a a, a wine supply store. Uh, for home brewers up in Washington, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, and around 2008, 2009, I believe. And my husband just thought that would be fun. And so he would just do it for fun at home. And it it got to the point where we, we stopped buying wine, like his wine was like, just much more fun to drink for us. And it uh, he had such a natural ease to making it, it's, you know, it, it was like a natural uh transition into even though it was scary like the whole business part because like that's something we've never done before um that part i feel like has always been consistent making the wine and coming up with and i will also say coming up with new flavors or releases or seasonal batches has never been an issue for us yeah so the product i feel like has been like pretty pretty natural and then there's nuances like we we you know we do wine slushies and i just did a festival this past weekend um i couldn't bring the slushy machine because it was just blazing hot and so andrew like intuitively he was like why don't we do wine floats and we did you know like literally like a root beer float with wine um and i was like that's brilliant like who comes up with these things so yeah and there's so much fun in that i had my first beer slushy last summer in Michigan, oh I was like, gosh. what is this yeah. gorgeous yeah. stuff? I was like, blew my yeah. mind. Um, yeah. But one thing you said there that I want to come back to is, is the kind of the transition of, okay, this was, you guys did it and then realized, oh, crumbs, the stuff that we're doing is better than what we can buy. This is, we enjoy this more. And then it turned into a business. So that transition, yeah. uh, we talk about all the time, the, the accidental entrepreneur or you know, the person didn't want to go into business, but kind of found themselves kind of doing it. What is it like for you guys personally? I know you can talk about Andrew, but also you know, from yourself firsthand. And you're still in this transition, not quite being fully in the business. What is it like going from employed, a hobby, into I'm a business owner? What has that transition yeah. been like for you? It it gets serious real quick because you, there's a lot of skin in the game when you, I believe, or at least... For us, I mean, maybe not so much for other business models, but for in in my state, the mm. you have to have a brick and mortar to sell wine. So you're you're you are leasing a build, you know, a space in a building or or something. And there's so for us, like that's a lot of money, and mm. that's where that's where it gets real serious. And I remember I vividly remember signing the lease, and I was terrified. And I remember telling Andrew like. Our, like my number one goal was just to pay the rent. I don't care. Like if we don't break even, if we can just pay the rent, because I felt like that was the worst it could get is if we are not making enough money to pay the rent, like that would be really serious. And so that there's an element of that. Mm. And then also, I, I will also say like, so on the upside, all of this is, I don't know, trade-offs because um, I'll share uh, on the personal side. I, I love telling the story. I don't know if Andrew likes it when I tell this story, but um it's Tell it anyway. Truly, it's truly empowering. I love it. So he, Andrew, is a former army. Uh, he did. He was an officer for four years. Um, he quickly realized uh, that was 
not going to be the career for him. So he did his four years, he got out and he kind of floated, I'll say between jobs um, for about seven years after that. And he, he never found, I don't know, a place where he fit or he thrived. And, um, he was just miserable. Like it was, it was really hard to watch. And when it, it got to the, so it was almost like a perfect storm. So I had, we had family, right. Who were doing this winery business thing. And, and Andrew was already making the wine and he was really good at it. And he was really miserable at the same time, like doing what he was doing. And so yeah. it's kind of having the awareness to be like, something has to change. So we, we did that. And we, we, so we started to talk about how to change his circumstances so that like we could start to thrive again because he was very much out of place or a fish out of water um, doing what he was doing. And it was um, very much like life sucking uh, for him to go to work. It, mm. it was very dreary and uh, mon um, monotony, the monotony of, you know, the whole desk job thing. So it was just not for him. So that once once we decided to do that it it was very you start to become less the victim and you start to become more empowered even though like there's a lot riding on the line like you it's like you are you can create your own success and so there i will also say even though uh it can get very serious it's also very powerful um and mm. and we felt that very hard i would say so how are you feeling this now? Because being still, there's always a, a transition happening. We're always in between yeah. your identity of the business owner that you will become and his identity of the, the, the winemaker, sort of the, the creativity, the producer. Everyone has their kind of their place. But to get there as the business owner, to make this a success, um, we we say time and time again, what got you to one level will not get you to the next. So that that right. initial transition of oh crumbs, this got real, very real, very quickly with the lease and the premises. And um yeah, okay. All I want is to make sure we hit that. Oh my gosh, yeah. way to aim for the moon, right? There's but there's a level of scarcity of of of, of yeah, security yeah. of all this thing comes into play and all these emotions that we kind of navigate as the business owner in its logical business decision is all fueled by the human being and emotions in us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's, I, I liked what you said about, there's always a transition. Um, it definitely feels like a little bit of a transition right now because we've, we felt we've, we've proved out this, this concept enough. We're, st we, st we're still existing and, and we, we yeah. have the, I don't know, the infrastructure and the processes and the, the wherewithal to continue operating as is, but the goal is to what is what what's next. And we, I mean, we were just discussing. It definitely feels like a tipping point for us, and we're trying to figure out that next level, that next transition. And so it's it's the same awareness that I was just talking about when we started the business. So being aware, like what are we going to do differently to take us to that next level? It, I definitely feel that real hard right now. Oh, I love that you brought that up. It's beautiful having. You've got a proven co concept, okay? You've got proven processes, but yes. what's next? And so lovely because what, what, what is the only thing holding you back right now? What's the only thing holding the business back? Oh, um, the only thing. So I'm going to go back to time, uh, like where 
where do we focus our time or invest mm -hmm. our resources uh, so we don't have clarity on that. That's one thing that's holding us back. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I think I think the other thing is um, we're we're still assessing. We like the model. We like the concept. I don't know. We're not sure if we're in the right place. If you know, so is mm. is there a move um, to be to increase? And, and this goes back to clarity. So if the goal is to increase foot traffic in the tasting room, or is the goal to do more distribution? Is the goal, right, wh wh whichever one of those revenue strings is going to optimize more might impact where we're located. So there's a play there as well. We, we're seeking clarity on. Yeah, cool. So there's so many opportunities, so much excitement, so much yeah. sort of doubt and fear thrown in. And I just kind of listed out all these things that you kind of dropped in. What, what, what could that be? Time, focus, resources, clarity, bit of confidence, bit of doubt. These are all personal human traits rather than business processes and actions. Yeah. It's so interesting to see what you've built, what you've created. And now the route through is, is that clarity? Is that confidence? Is that clarity, confidence, direction? The yeah. knowing, the enjoying. Yeah. I'll also add since you're you're touching on the human emotion part. So um that can be laced with fear, right? <laughs> you know, all the things you're talking about uh as a blocker. I mean, uh, you you mentioned what what's stopping us from getting there. So every a lot of those I would say a nuance or to what you're describing is it there is risk tagged with fear potentially <laughs> that might be right preventing you know one option over the other so that and that's just as the business owner like you you I feel like you live that every day oh this is the contradiction of the business owner of you know the opportunity versus the threat it is I am my own I have freedom my free time and do what yeah. I want but I'm controlled by all of this um having those the, the fears come up, the, the scarcity, the doubt, the, uh, is this going to work? Hearing other people, there's these voices. I mean, we all have the, this maniac in our heads with all the doubts yeah. and the fears whispering to us. What if you crumbs, flip, let's flip it around. Let's get, let's get towards the positive. So if, if you didn't have these, these sort of fears and doubts and absolute clarity, what, what, what would that change? Oh man. I, I think, I think, we would be making more wine. I think we would have bigger tanks and we would figure out where it would sell. I don't know where it would go, but I just think we would be making a lot more wine. Mm. Massive tanks. Does that excite you or does that scare you? I actually got a little excited when I said that. Like, I, I like the idea of us doing that. Um, where the wine is going, no idea. <laughs> Sometimes with this, the how is the most irrelevant part if you know right. what you want and you know where you're right now and what's controlling that bit in the middle lovingly fuck the how that, yeah. that gets in the way there's all these yeah buts yeah. and becauses oh my gosh the killer of dreams right but yeah. to hold this i know what i want what's right for you now andrew's found his area genius what do you say earlier you once you started to find out making what you love making what you like what fueled you magically things change there's a little bit of woo in that there's an awful, an awful lot of science 
now yes. at that next level with this foundation so what's next so i love that you had those, that little tingle that little feeling of yeah. yeah that's exciting because some people hear that and be like ah oh, this 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 end product this 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 goal that i'm having it's scary that fear of success and that's where the self-sabotage comes in so right. it may sound like a stupid question or an obvious question to you but there are there are nuances on the route out of this that can be so useful I absolutely agree. It's, it's, uh, uh, I, I will say we've, we figured out uh, a healthy balance between the fear you're talking about and um, still having a bias for action, if that makes sense. Um, we, Cause you can't, you can't do nothing. Like we, we're not going to be stuck in uh, paralysis by analysis um, and, and, and I, and I, and I think that's okay. I don't know. It, it's okay to, um, either listen to your intuition or to feel into what's right for you and just do something and see what happens despite mm. the, the self-sabotage and the, the, maybe the, the self-talk, right. That's trying to talk you out of it or, you know, cause all those things are there for a reason and it's there to protect us and trying to make sure that we survive whatever we're feeling. Uh, but I would really, I think there's a healthy appreciation for the fear and awareness of the fear, but I would encourage anybody to still just like take the leap of faith. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Hey, Bonnie, thank you so much for sharing your journey, your story behind the scenes and just flashing over a couple of concepts about what it's like for you as a business owner. It's been so much fun. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And look, if people want some beautiful drinks and wine and meads, where can they find you? So we are in the lovely, the heart of Northern Virginia. We're in South Alexandria, Virginia, right along route one. You can come into the tasting room. We do, we can ship out of state. I think we, we have a third party who can, who helps us with that. And I think we can ship to 40, 45 States, something like that. You can go on our website, wpwinery.com to see if that's you. Otherwise stop by the tasting room, say hi to Andrew. One of us is always there. Fantastic. Everyone, if you're curious, go and check it out. Um, but yeah, Bonnie, thanks so much. We will be along for a tasting. Absolutely. That sounds awesome. amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark. Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? We ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is. And we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah. So please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.